Let's pray. Father, we uh, thank you for tonight and in this time that we have as a church family. Uh, Father, we do pray tonight as we've received the update from, from Mike. We, uh, Father, we pray for continued healing in his body. We um, pray for him uh, emotionally and Father, spiritually as well, that you will, um, she'll be with him. Father, we, we pray for Sheila and, and for the family. And, um, Lord, just pray that you would work in, in them. And um, Lord, we do pray tonight for Dixon as, as he goes tomorrow and is evaluated. We, we pray that you would give wisdom and discernment to, to doctors as they, they, uh, evaluate that and uh, Father the best course of action going forward and uh, we pray that you would uh, be with them as they go through all of that Lord we pray for uh, tonight for Robbie is um, she'll be going in for surgery Father we again pray for, for doctors for those that will be, be doing the procedure and help them to to, to be able to, to see what they need to see and to, to operate and to, to work Father, in order to, to take care of, of this issue, Father, we, we pray for uh, Jacob tonight. We, we thank you that you have kept him and sustained him on, on his journey to this point. We, we pray that you would continue to, uh, Father, provide uh, safety for him as he, as he continues to travel. And uh, Father, we pray tonight that you would teach us, that you would, uh, Lord, that you would fill our minds and that you would Lord uh, change our hearts as we uh, as we seek to learn more about you and so Lord we pray this in Jesus name Amen well tonight if you would please turn with me to Psalm 56 Psalm 56 we're going to be looking there at the uh, words of David as we think together about um, going from an attitude of fear to one of trust in the Lord. So, so far over the past couple of weeks, we've um, we looked at going from longing to satisfaction, looking primarily at, at Psalm 63 um, about how God, really, ultimately God himself, is the only source of true and lasting satisfaction. Then last time we, we looked at Psalm 91 and we looked at going from an attitude of worry to that of peace. We looked at how the Lord uh, protects, the, protects those who are His and we saw it illustrated in, in the metaphor of the mother bird surrounding the children and protecting her young and, and in the the metaphor of the, the, sh the soldier with the shield and, and the buckler who is guarded all around. And so tonight we're going to again look at Psalm 56 and, and going to talk about going from an attitude of fear to that of trust. And so when we think about fear, we know that it, it can be a very powerful thing, uh, very real. And, and if we're not careful, if we're not 
vigilant, it can easily get to the point where it, it takes over our hearts and our minds. And one example of this, um, Abdul Hamid II, uh, he was actually ruler of, of Turkey in the late 1800s, and it, it's, it's kind of documented how deathly afraid of being assassinated he was, and, and it just took over and, and ruled his whole life. Everything he did, he, um, he didn't go out of his palace. The palace was heavily guarded. Um, he would let people come into one room and visit, and he would make them sit in the middle of the room, and he would stand behind them, behind a, a kind of a grated wall um, so that the sound could pass through to talk to them. And he would also walk back and forth. He wouldn't stay still. So if they were armed and they turned to shoot at his voice, it wouldn't, he wouldn't be standing in one place to give them the opportunity to do that. Um, all these kind of things. He... Um, he had trap doors and, and trick mirrors and um, put mannequins in the windows and in the doors so that uh, people would shoot at those. Um, just all of these things that, that he had, had put in place living in this constant fear. And what, a, what a miserable way to live. And, you know, we don't all live in, in the kind of fear of somebody taking our lives or assassinating us, but we... We do all have fears. Um, things like, you know, when we do get a, a diagnosis of a, of a physical ailment um, and it, it can cause us to fear or, or the circumstances we find ourselves in, it's, you know, being laid off, you know, or, or they're, they're laying people off at the company you work for and, you're wondering if you're going to be next, right? And that's a kind of, of fear. And um, I mean, a lot of times now I think about, sometimes I, I think to the future and, and I think about the world Lydia's going to grow up in and it, society, and that, that causes fear um, in a certain sense. Um, and so these are, are the kind of things, physical sickness, Financial struggles, all of these kind of things can cause us to fear. And so tonight we're going to look at Psalm 56, and we're going to see David faced fear as well, and we're going to see how to deal with that. So um, I want to start tonight by looking at, actually looking at the situation that David was in when he, he uh, wrote this psalm. So in the superscript of the psalm, up at the top, um, we read a mictum of David when the Philistines seized him in Gath. Um, the, the word mictum there is a, is a Hebrew word that they don't really know exactly what it means, but it's some, it has some kind of musical meaning. So either the, the tempo of the song or um, the style of music or something like that. Um, but the, the uh, occasion for it is he was, he was seized by Philistines in the city of Gath. So now, why was this 
a big deal. Well, there's, certain, there, there, there's a couple of things going on. Um, first of all, David had killed Goliath in battle. Goliath was from the city of Gath. So you can think the people probably didn't extend the, the warmest welcome to the, the guy who had killed the hometown warrior. Um, not only that, but as David was doing this, as he was fighting and, and he had success in doing it, the people of Israel began to, to highly respect him. This caused a problem because he was not king of Israel at the time. Saul was, and Saul became jealous. And so he gave this command to his son, Jonathan, to his servants, to, to kill David. To the point Saul actually attempted to kill David himself with a, a spear, and David was able to escape. Then we see, we read where, where Jonathan then goes out and warns David that Saul is, is just uh, totally committed to, to killing him. And so David flees, and ultimately... He finds himself in the city of Gath. And so, I mean, this is a bad situation. You've got local people in, in Gath that, that want to kill you because you took out their guy. There are people back home that want to kill you out of jealousy. So you've got enemies all around. Really, really bad circumstances here that David finds himself in. In fear for his life from many different angles. Um, and it says here he'd been seized by the Philistines. Um, in 1 Samuel 21, it tells us David was greatly afraid of the king of Gath. Um, so they had seized him, they have him, and you do whatever they want to with him. Right? Kill him, torture him, throw him in, in prison. All, all sorts of things could have happened. And so that's the situation in which David writes this song. And so with kind of with that background in mind, let's look at uh, verses 1 and 2 together. It says, Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. And so here, David is, is going to the Lord in prayer, and here he's just laying out the situation, right, before God. He's, he's being very honest with, with where he's at. Not, not that God doesn't know the situation, but, but David's just being very real. He, he's opening himself up in prayer to the Lord about the, the current state that he's in. And so he asks for God's grace to him to to show favor to him, to deliver him from his enemies. And so we continue on in verses 3 and 4. It says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? It's interesting as I was reading this and, and, and preparing that um, actually thought about it. Not too long ago, we were talking, 
we must have been like talking about sleep training Lydia, I think, or something like that. And so my mom was telling me, uh, she was talking about when she was a little girl, and you know, for a time when she was real little, she she would sleep downstairs, you know, and where my my grandmama and, and grandfather were. But the time came when she had to go upstairs to her own room to sleep. And, and, and she talked about how she remembered being so scared. But my grandmother taught her a verse of scripture to pray when she was scared like that. And it was verse 3 of this song. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. And so now years later, as a grandmother herself, she, she still remembers those nights where she was afraid, but she prayed to the Lord. I just thought it was a really, really neat thing that, that my grandmother kind of instilling that in her and her taking that heart and, and remembering it. Um, but the idea of being, of having this fear, but yet trusting in the Lord. And also notice here how David moves, he kind of moves directly from, he's sharing about the situation in verse 1, in verse 2. Uh, in verse 3, he, again, he just flat out states that he's afraid. But then he goes immediately to placing trust and faith in the Lord. Um, and our study, it kind of walks through a bullet list of, of what we see in these verses. So the first thing we see, like we said, David admits his fear. He's very honest about it to the Lord. Next, he, he makes this decision to trust God. He, he commits himself not to focus on his fear, but to focus on God. He takes his fear in hand and subjects it to God. So it's, it's kind of these competing thoughts and, and feelings that are, that are going on inside of David as he's, he's praying. On the one hand, there's fear of those who are seeking to, to take his life. On the other hand, he's trusting in God. And so what does he trust? He trusts that God is who he says he is. He trusts that God will do what it is that God has said he will do. And so he's, he's believing here that God is faithful to his character and to his word. And, and notice how this is a conscious choice, decision in, in the mind to reject fear and to trust in the Lord, uh, to focus on the Lord. So, um, David determines to trust what God has said in his word. And finally, in these verses, we see that here, David can, determines to praise God in a difficult situation. Not always our first response, um, our first inclination to do that. It, but again, it, it's a conscious, deliberate choice to, to offer praise to him despite the circumstances that he finds himself in. And so with this commitment in his mind and in his heart, uh, David here, he's not focusing on his circumstances or on his fear. Uh, kind of a, a new perspective emerges. It, it's this new way of looking at reality. And, and we see it here at the end of verse 4. It says, what can flesh do to me? And of course, it's a, a rhetorical question. You know, once David, he, he considers the power 
than the majesty and the might of God. Over against that, there, there's nothing a human being can do. Um, and no doubt, you know, when you think back on it, Philistines were a, a rough bunch. I mean, you think about what they did to Samson. You know, gouge his eyes out and put him in, in prison then drag him out and parade him around in front of him for some kind of sick form of, of entertainment that they had to, to mock him and make fun of him. Um, rough situation. But yet he looks and he says, well, what can they do to me considering who God is? Um, and so when we, we consider and understand who God is, we realize, in, in fact, the Philistines were under the complete sovereign control of God. Right? It's a complete shift in perspective. Um, and, you know, perspective, it really does make a difference as we, we live. Um, I mean, just think, for example, have you ever been, um, had, a, had a rough day, had something happen, and you're kind of moping around and, and feeling sorry for yourself, and then you, you go and you actually uh, run into somebody and talk to someone, have a conversation with somebody that's actually facing real issues, and you think, man, I, I, I really didn't have much going on at all like I thought it was. Um, and so that can happen. And so it, it, it's, it's a helpful thing to be able to shift that focus. Um, and so it, it puts, when we have this understanding of, of the attributes of God, then having a fear of the Lord, then it kind of puts into perspective our fear of man. It, it reminds me of in Matthew 10, where Jesus said, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Um, the fear of the Lord and not of man. So, let's continue on here in, um, in this psalm. Verses 5 through 7. It says, All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For their crime will escape. Will, for their crime will they escape and wrath cast down the people, O oh God. So again, like in verses 1 and 2, David's pouring out his, his heart to God here and concerning the situation he finds himself in. And one of the things we really learn from this is that trusting in the Lord, choosing to focus on God rather than on our fears, it, it's not a one and done kind of thing. It's constant. It, it's a fight in our lives and in our minds and in our hearts each day that we will focus on Him. And so we look at verses 8 through 11. And see here, David has to remind himself one more time to, to focus on the Lord instead of his fear. It says, you have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. 
In God whose word I praise. In the Lord whose word I praise. In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Repetition of, of the words and the thoughts that we saw back up in verse 4. And so we see in these verses the, the care that God has for those that are His. He knows they're tossing, or other translations say wanderings, as in like wandering aimlessly around. Um, it's a word that it's only used here in the Old Testament, and, and it seems to denote this kind of profound distress or, or trouble. Um, and the Lord knows all of that. He, he knows the tears that we cry. We, and we see the confidence that David has in, in his prayers that his enemies will turn back when he calls out to God because God is for David. And, and we see these same words in the New Testament. Um, in Romans 8, there Paul writes, If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so when we're trusting in the Lord, when we're united to Christ, there, there's nothing that can separate us from Him. No fears, no circumstances. He's for us who can be against us. In another psalm, David wrote these words. Now I know that the Lord saves His anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. In verses 12 and 13 here in Psalm 56, David writes, I must perform my vows to you, O God. I'll render thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. James Montgomery Boyce, in, in his commentary, draws out the fact that Jesus seems to have, have quoted the last part here, verse 13, when he said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So again, we see here that, that true life comes from living in Jesus, being united to Him, placing our faith and our trust in Him, seeking communion together with Him in, in study of Scripture and, and prayer. Not just this... It's one kind time of, of, of decision type of thing, but, but day after day after day, constantly renewing our trust and our hope in Him. We, we trust in Him to save us. We trust in Him to sustain us. And as we look to Him, our, our fears kind of fade into the background. 
And so then as verse 12 says here, we'll offer praise to God who has saved and who has sustained us through all of our fears. It's a, it's a wonderful uh, blessing and a wonderful promise that we find in the words of David in this psalm. So let's pray. Father, we, we do thank you that... Lord, you are for us. We, we thank you that, that we know that if you are for us, that man can do nothing. Father, I pray that you would help us tonight as we wrestle with fears um, that we face, Father, to, to instead focus on who you are, focus, focus on the promises you have made to us in Scripture. Um, Lord, we thank you. We, we pray that you would will keep us as we go, that you will, Lord, lead us to worship and obey through the rest of this week. And we pray this in Jesus' name.